Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. This is the last message from this series called Passing the Faith as we're passing off, handing off to, to Village uh, Church. Um, I've never... Uh, prepared a series of messages that in essence at its heart is for one person preached to the whole church for one person um, but that's the essence of this letter is that Paul was writing to Timothy and, and God says here I want you all to have this for, for eternity I want you to have this, this word um, so there's a message in it for all of us but essentially it's one pastor telling a younger pastor or a newer pastor uh, hey, I'm here and I'm actually in chains for preaching the gospel. I don't want that to discourage you, but I want to warn you about some things, encourage you in some things, and I want to, I want to help you thrive. Don't let this, don't let me being in prison like discourage you from doing God's word, work. And uh, our final installment kind of comes with the, this, the title of the message today is But You. I'm going to tell you where that came from. As I'm reading this scripture, uh, there's a phrase in it, and it says, but you, Timothy, he's talking about all these other things, he's, but you, and it reminded me of all growing up, uh, when I was a kid, I would get that speech sometimes, you know, and then when my kids were young, I would give this speech. Y'all know the speech, because it starts with somebody telling you, you know, parents that say, well, everyone else is doing this. You ever heard that one? Everybody, but everybody, whatever. It was a, and your parents, well, I don't care what everybody's doing. Like, everybody may be doing that, but you, you're not everybody else. But you, you need to do this. And uh, that's that, that speech. I mean, it might even happen at work, right? Hey, that department might act that way. That group may do that. But you, you know, we're different. We're going to do things the right way. You, you do this, okay? Yeah, well, I heard that other churches, you know, churches, they do this and this. Well, I don't, I, okay, fine, other churches. But you, we're going to, you handle this differently. And so that's the message. Like, you know, we've run into all kinds of things, all different kinds of people and churches and leaders and whatever. And sometimes we joke about this, some of the stuff. Um, you should see the little video clips we send each other uh, where we uh, run into, you know, I'm going like, uh, hey, I found you a, you know, I found you somebody to serve in your church, and it's, you know, hilarious. Uh, guy sent him last week, the duck, you know, he's doing a, he's got a duck on his arm, he's doing a duck. I want Patrick to do that. But, um, but you, Patrick, you're going to do things differently. You're going to do things the right way. You're going to follow Jesus. So I want, I want to read to you in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and uh, just these first five verses, and then let's talk about what it means for you and me to live our lives a little differently as we follow Jesus. He said to him, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Here's the charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage 
with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations and your hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. But you, right? There it is. So he says, I'm giving you a charge, Timothy. I want to I charge you with a task, right? And obviously this is Paul to Timothy and obviously this is me to Patrick. But I want to give all of you this charge. I want you to listen to the role that you play. Obviously, it's a pastor's role, but we all have a role with this. And he tells him, preach the word. Preach the word. All right, you might not be up preaching the word, but basically I'm saying, like, what's your playbook? You have a playbook for life? You know? What's your playbook? What are you going by? What are you using to be your guide, uh, to show you the way to do what... What you need to do. What's your, what's your playbook? Okay? And we've talked about that so many times. The playbook's the Word of God. Follow the Word. You'll always have. You know, there are so many ways that you could do a church or do different things. And some of it's driven by your circumstances. They're going to be meeting in a cafeteria in a school. That's going to affect what they do. Right? All right? You're sitting in a pews with stained glass windows. It's a little different. A little different setting. You're going to do things differently. But the playbook is the same playbook. It's the, it's the Word of God. Preach the Word. And then he says you need to be prepared. In season and out of season. Two different levels of preparation. Two different things. You know, there's some coaches in the room. I see some. Where's Roy? You know, you, it's different what you're doing in season than what you're doing out of season to get ready. In essence, what he's saying to him is there's some stuff you're prepared for you're in the middle of it you know it's happening and there's some things that you're not ready for you don't know it's coming and that's the way we live our lives there's stuff we know we know it's coming we know it's happening we know what's happening he said you need to be ready for that but he tells him you also need to be ready for the stuff you can't be ready for you know stuff comes around the corner in life on us and we go what in the world is going on why is this happening you know and it, it, it always throws us for a loop. And it's like, you be ready. I know I can't be ready specifically for that thing, but I can be ready for the surprise. I can be ready for the interruption. I can be ready. I know it's coming. I don't know what it is. But I know it's coming. He says, be ready. And then he gives him the pastor's trilogy. The Coach's Trilogy. And it's a trilogy that you use in all other areas. It's the Parent's Trilogy. Sometimes it's the Best Friend's Trilogy. All of you will be in one of these roles. It's your friend. It might be the Supervisor's Trilogy. It's the three things he says to Timothy. This is what you focus on. This is what you're preparing to do. And this is what you do with your friend, with your kids with your congregation three things and we're going to walk through them but let me tell you what they are he says you're correcting you're rebuking you're encouraging you're correcting you're rebuking you're encouraging the first one's correcting 
that's carefully explaining, not this way, this way. Not that way. Don't do it that way. Do it this way. That way won't work. That's not the right way. That's not a good way. Don't do it that way. Do it this way. The word literally means show them their fault. Show them what they're doing wrong. You're messing that up. It's not what you need to be doing. You need to be doing this way. Okay? Now, that's difficult. We don't always like to be shown that what we're doing is wrong. But that's part of the role that we have for each other if we care about each other. If you care about someone and they're doing something and they're messing it up, you don't just sit back and go like, get my camera out, let's make a video of it. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Let's video that. Let's watch this. Maybe I'll, you know, get a lot of hits on YouTube for this one. Wait, wait till this happens. No, we tend to go like, hey, you're, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. The second word is rebuke. Now, rebuke obviously sounds much stronger, right? But it has the same connotation. It's just instead of carefully instructing and correcting like, hey, don't do it like this. Come here, do it like this. It's more of an emergency. And so it's more of a like, look out. Watch out. Hold up. Whoa. You know, duck. <laughs> you know, look out. It's that kind of thing. You are, you're about to walk off the cliff, you grab them and say, hold up, right? It's, it's, it's you know, this might, you might yell at this one. You might really call it out, right? Then the third one is encourage. Now you notice that of the, the three things, two are negative and one is positive. And, you know, I hear all these people, they tell coaches and stuff like, you need to you know, for every three negative things you say, you need to say seven things positive. Can I just tell you something? That's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's not the role, right? The, if you're trying to help somebody do something, you're correcting. You've ever, you've ever been in that place where you're learning something and you're, you're showing, you say like, will you help me? Will you show me how to do this? Well, half the, you know, they're telling you, most of the stuff they're telling you is don't do that right? No, 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 no. Don't push that button. Push this button, right? Uh, we had someone upstairs this morning, the 830 server's training on the sound system and stuff, you know? You think most of the, most of the things are not, you know, don't push that button. Don't turn that, what a, oh, yeah, right? And if they really start to do something, that's when you do the rebuking. No, <laughs> right? The encouragement is that last thing. It says, it's okay, you did that wrong, but you can do it. You did that wrong, you messed up, but you can do it. If, if I wouldn't help you if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't tell you if I, if I didn't care and if I didn't think you could do it. I'm telling you, I know it's difficult, but you can do it. You can handle it. And whatever it might be, it doesn't matter if you're telling your friend and they've got a little bitty kids, you know, and you're like, you can survive. It'll be okay. You can do it. I know it's hard. Somebody's sick. You go, it's okay. You can do it. Or they mess up. They say the wrong things. They handle things poorly. They did something. And you're telling them, don't do it that way. Do it this way. But life's not over. You're good. That's the encouragement part. 
And that's why he says the last two phrases. When you're doing this trilogy of things, correcting, rebuking, and encouraging, be patient. Be patient. That's tough, isn't it? Be patient. Hard to be patient when somebody's like, you know, when you're having to go slower because you're coaching up and correcting. So uh, my wife asked me yesterday, I took, uh, Rodney mentioned the backpack. So I delivered the backpacks on Friday. So I was just going to come, load up the backpacks in my truck, deliver them and everything. And then Perlene says like, hey, can you go get our little nine-year-old nephew and let him help you because mama wants him to quit playing so many video games. I'm like, okay. So I did. I got him and we took him. You know that it then having help took me longer. You know, took longer. You know, it's carrying them, he's putting them in backwards, no turn, like, you know, it just takes longer. But we did it. I had to go pick him up, come back, you know, there's that extra part, loading it up, doing all the stuff, you know. But why do you do that stuff? Well, it just takes long. You got to be patient. You got to be patient when you're trying to help your kids, your nephew, your friend, your brother. You're trying to help, and you're in that role. You're the pastor. You're trying to be in this role. That's not the right way. Here's the right way. It's okay. I'm just trying to teach you. That's why he says teach you with careful instruction is the last phrase. Really explain. Tell everything. Don't make fun of. Don't roll your eyes at. Explain. Do they want to do it the right way? If they do, then you're trying to help them. You're trying to show them the right way. Now, there's a problem that develops. There's a problem. And Paul tells Timothy, let me explain to you the problem. The problem is your role is this trilogy of things. Correct, rebuke, encourage. The problem is people don't want to hear it. They should but they don't necessarily want to. And so what they want to do is they want to find someone that will just tell them only what they want to be told, only what they want to hear. And most of us, we don't, we don't want correction. We don't want rebuke. We don't want somebody telling us we're wrong. We want somebody telling us we're right. You're good. Keep going. You're fine. You're awesome. It's good. Oh, that didn't work. It'll, don't worry about it. Keep going. That's what we want. I even told Patrick, I said, listen, you may have some people, and they come, and they want to check out the new church, and they're hoping that the new church will just tell them what they want to hear. Now, they won't last long, because he's going to tell them the truth. He's going to preach the word, right? But that's the problem. You know, as, as uh, I, I'm in a new role in life, right? Every, all of us are. We're all in a new phase of life. That's what we do. We go through phases of life. And as a, as a parent, uh, you know, I've gone through all the phases. I was the kid. I was the older kid. I was the teenager. I was the young adult. Then I became the parent. The parent's interesting. 
you know, first you got these little kids, and your primarily job is to make sure the child lives. Like, that's your first job. Like, clothe them, change their diaper, feed them, like, make sure they live, right? And then you get to the, you're like a cop. I call it being a cop, a caregiver. You become a cop. And the cop is going, no, don't walk over there. Don't cross their line. Don't stick your finger in that. Don't do that. Like, this is a thing. Eat this, not that. Again, your primary role is so they don't die. And, uh, and that they, you know, don't, you know, mess up or whatever. Like, so you're directing traffic. You know, you need a whistle for those years. And hold up, right? Then... You graduate to what I call the coach's role, and you're on the sideline, and this is kind of hard, you're on the sideline, and they're out there in the game, and you're having to let them play. You can't play. You don't even have a uniform. They're out there, you're over here, and they're playing, and you're watching them, and you're going, okay, mm, oh, oh, yes, good, and that, oh, no, you know, like you're doing that, and every once in a while you go, time out, time out, can we get a time out? Time out, come here, come here, Johnny, come here, come here, let's talk, right? That's the coach. But now, I'm just, I'm the consultant, I'm in the consultant years. Now, let me tell you how consulting works. They encounter something, they're adults, Okay? They encounter something, they're not sure, and in their mind they think, I don't know this, dad probably knows, I'll call dad. Right? And then they call dad, and they go, dad, have, have you ever experienced that it was, you know, five below zero? What do you need to do? I'm like, yeah, you need to worry about your pipes freezing, you should do this, this, and this. Dad? Speaking of house, got this phone call not long ago. Dad, think I'm going to buy a house. You've bought a house before. So let's talk about some stuff, all right? right? So they call you because they know that they don't know and they think you know. However, I need you to know there's a lot of stuff that they pretty sure they know or they think you don't know and they don't call you for that. Not going to call you. Why would they call you? They know. You don't know. So they don't call you. And you have to be careful. You can't just jump in and go like, hey, let me tell you. Man, if you're still trying to be the cop, you're in trouble. Not that way. Not that way. Don't touch that. Don't do that. A 29-year-old will look at you like, you're insane, right? Get away from me, right? You're a consultant now. So in a way, you know, a pastor, a coach... A friend, you know, a parent in my phase of life, you're in a consultant role. The problem is, what do you do if you're in this role and the person doesn't want to hear it? Now, I need to warn you about something. I think a lot of Christians make a mistake. A lot of Christians, we get in this place where we don't want to hear it. And it's a huge mistake. What we should be desiring is to follow God, to do right, to be better, you know, to stay connected with God. And we should be humble enough to know that a lot of the time we mess this up. We don't do well. You know, we're self-absorbed. We have our own kind of things that we mess up on and our own flaws and our problems. 
And it would be foolish of us to think like, oh, I got this nailed, like I already know how to do this, I don't need any advice. No, when I'm walking through this life, and this life is difficult, and this life throws things at me, and I'm trying to follow the Lord, and I, as a flawed human being, mess up all the time. And so I want to know what I'm doing wrong. So the psalmist said in Psalm 139 that he approaches God with this, this attitude, and he says, God, verse 24 of Psalm 139, God, point out to me where I'm offending you. Show me where I'm messing up. And we show up with the mindset of, I, wanna, I need some negative feedback. Now that's an interesting relationship. It's a great relationship when the athlete looks at the coach and says, I assume that you're going to tell me some negative things. You're going to tell me I shouldn't do it this way, I should do it this way. Uh, that was good, this is better. Let me help you. You know when you show up and you're being trained to do something and you don't know how to do it, you actually are showing up going, hey, will you show me the right, oh, you're an expert, tell me what I need to do. Will you show me how to do this? And you accept it then. You're like going like, I want to know, I want to know, is this right, is this right, until we get the hang of it. But in those areas, we kind of get the hang of it, and we start, do you realize that high-level professional athletes still have what? Coaches. Isn't that odd? The people who do it the best, better than anybody else, still have people that they've put in place and they give them the authority, they hand them the authority to say to me, that's not, that's not good enough, you can do better. So here we are as Christians, and Paul is saying to Timothy, you need to know something. You, you would think that the people in the congregation, they're going to show up on Sunday morning and this is their mindset. Not, Lord bless me, I want to enjoy the music today. I want it. All I want of the trilogy is encouragement. That's all I want. No, you would expect them to show up and go like, Lord, I don't even know what I don't know. And I'm giving you permission, Lord. I'm actually seeking you out. And I know that as I seek you out, what you may want to tell me this morning is, hey, that is not right that's not how i want you to handle that not that way this way your attitude about that thing that's going on nope your mindset not right what you said you need to make that right and we show up going lord like the psalmist lord look at me tell me I want to know. I want to do it right. I want to follow you. Examine me. Now the interesting thing is when you do say, God, examine me, oh my goodness. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. Go home today. Get out a piece of paper and a pen and say, Lord, show me what I'm doing wrong. And start making a list. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're open and you say, go ahead and tell me, Lord, it'll be a long list. He'll just say a name. He'll say a name and you'll go, you're right, God. I'm not handling that right. 
And then he'll say a situation, you're right, I'm not him. But do you want to be coached? Do you want to be corrected? So here's the problem. Let's go back on the other foot. All right, so here I am. I'm asking you to say, Lord, show me. Don't get, we get lazy. We get lazy. He, he's going to be blessed right at the beginning. He's going to be blessed because they're, not la- they're all volunteered to start this new thing. So it's a big project. You know, it's a big thing. You know, they've got to show up really early on Sunday mornings to set everything up. They don't have chairs to sit in unless they set them up. And they have to move all the tables and chairs out of the cafeteria. And they have to set up all the stuff. And they have to bring the sound system out. And they've got to set everything up. So they've got to show up early. Okay? So imagine now, I mean, how many times have I asked you, like, we need somebody to drive a cart. You know, you've got to show up a little early. You know, no, 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 no. I just want to show up, you know, in the air conditioner, sit in the pew. We're good, you know. All i got to do to sit down is take one of those folding things and push it down. That's it. That's all i got to do. Right? We get lazy. We get lazy. You're planting a new church. You're out there like everybody you run into, you're like, do you know Jesus? Everybody you run into, do you go to church? What do we do? You get lazy. You're just going, I'm guilty too. I'm guilty too. We were at the beach a couple of weeks ago, sitting down there. Of course, I'm down there at 9 a.m. Nobody else in my family. Some of them aren't even up at 9 a.m. You know, I'm down there at the beach. And I run into a group of guys from Birmingham who were the two men in a truck, two men in a truck. Except there were four men in two trucks, big house. All right, so they're down there. They got Waffle House across the street. They decided to walk over to the beach and eat their Waffle House and see the beach for 10 minutes before they drive back to Birmingham. So does, doesn't that sound like the perfection of thing? I have 10 minutes. I'm going to sit at the beach and eat Waffle House. I don't know, you know, dream vacation. So I visit with them, talk with them, meet them. I can tell you their names. I can tell you what high schools they went to. I even made a connection with one of them. My college roommate taught him English at Calera High School. Like, you know, and I know Kavon and Mitch. Like, I, I met them, okay? And they, they were there for 10 minutes, ate Waffle House. They were going to run them off the beach. But I said, you can sit here on our chairs. Nobody else is awake. I have these chairs. You can sit here. And then they left. And they left, and God said, Jim, Pastor Jim, Jesus? Uh, oh, yeah, Jesus. So you do it, too. You do it, too. And we get lazy, and we forget, and so we say, God, show me, and God says, Hey, numbskull, when you get 10 minutes at the beach and I bring them right up to you and they need your chairs, I didn't bring them to you so you could chit-chat about Calera High School. I brought them to you so you could speak Jesus. Got it? My bad. I'll correct that mistake. Will you? Will you? Because we get lazy. Sometimes we get so lazy, we don't even want to hear what God has to say. Leave me alone, I'm at the beach. 
We don't want to be corrected. So he warns Timothy, you need to know something. There will be people, they'll come, and if you don't tell them what they want to hear, they're going to leave and go somewhere else. They're going to find somebody to tell them what they want to hear. So I'll reverse. I'm not talking to you anymore. You're now in the other role. You're trying to help. You're trying to tell, and you just need to know something. There's some people, they're not going to want to listen to you. And in fact, they may even start avoiding you because they don't want to hear what you have to say, right? They'll go find somebody else who they can talk to about their situation who will tell them what they want to hear about their situation. So he says, well, what do you do? So this is the scenario then where he says, but you, Timothy, you in that situation, don't get discouraged. You don't change what you're teaching. You, here's what you need to do. And he tells him four things. Here's the response. Here's his response. He says, first of all, keep your head. Stay clear in your head. Stay focused on the things of God. Stay focused on what's right. Okay, keep your head. Then he says, endure hardship. Endure hardship. By the way, in your guide, it says 14 and 15. We're still in verses 4 and 5. It says, endure hardship. Have the right mindset about the setbacks that come. They'll come. We all have setbacks. They'll come for their church. He says, keep going. See setbacks as God would have you see setbacks. That God has a plan for your life. He has something awesome for, for you. Sometimes, sometimes he has to take you through the setback to get you where he wants to go. I was listening to a sermon this morning, and it was talking about, uh, you know how when they left Egypt, the children of Israel, and they, had, they came to the Red Sea, and they had to cross the Red Sea? Do you know that going to the Red Sea was already a detour? That God told them, I don't want you to go this way because there's an army over there and you're going to get really discouraged by the army. Like, I'm not going to get discouraged by the sea blocking my path. He knew them. He said, well, you'll get more discouraged dealing with the army and having to fight a battle than you will having this. So I'm going to send you this way and not that way. Lesson, both ways had a blockage. But God wanted to take you through this setback, not that setback, and he has a plan for this setback. I'll part the sea, we'll go across, it's going to be fine. You'll be scared, you'll be scared, but I've got a plan for that. The setback is just part of the journey if you'll follow Jesus. Then he tells them, do the work of an evangelist. Hey, when your turn comes on the beach, tell them about Jesus, okay? Tell them about Jesus. Do the work of an evangelist. And he says, and then he closes by saying, and do all the, he says, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Which, what I would say to Patrick is, we can get caught up on the, he can get caught up like, hey, the evangelism part's the fun part. Telling people about Jesus is actually the fun part. But there's all the other stuff. Do all of it. But that word doing all of it doesn't just mean all the things. The word actually means doing it all the way, all the way to its fullest. And it's an interesting word because it's the word it uses for God and how he treats you. You know what he did for you? He went all the way. You know how he saved you? He saved you all the way. You know what he forgave you of? All of it. All of it. Completely, fully, 
every bit of it to the uttermost. That's what he does. So my question is this. What are you, what are you doing in response to that? This is what Paul said to Timothy. As you do what God's leading you to do, do it all the way. Just like what God did for you. Do it all the way. Give Him your all. Not distracted, not halfway. Give it everything. We're going to re-sing the song that we sang earlier. But I want you to re-sing it. And I want you to think about it a little differently. Do you listen to the words you're singing? Because what it's saying is, I want it all. Correct me. Rebuke me. Teach me. I want to follow you. And I'm not going to do it halfway, not marginally. No. I don't need anything else but you. And I want to follow you, everything. This is what you did for me. So I'm giving my all to you. And you're here this morning, and that's what you need to do. You're here this morning, and God brought you here so that you could say, Okay, God, all of me, I'm giving it all to you. So I want you to go ahead and stand up, and I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you this morning, and then we're going to sing that song together. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for all the way, everything that you've given to us, everything that you are. Lord, we need you. And Lord, I pray that whatever the person's name or the situation or the thing in our life that we're prepared to say, okay, God, show me and I'll do it. I'll go all the way with you because you went all the way for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.